Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, I'm Karen Devaney, and I want to welcome you to our first edition of our newest series called Slaying in the Kitchen. It's with the Sugar Coated Murder Girls. And our first slayer up is our beautiful friend from the UK. His name is Lyndon. And his podcast is Murder at Bedtime with Lyndon. We hope that you will give him the love and the support that you show us all the time. And sit back, relax, and enjoy this little experiment. Thanks, guys. Yay. Yay. Here we go. All right. There we go. Right. For a start, which one's which? Okay, I'm Karen. I'm Ian. Ah, that's good. <laughs> I'm Lyndon, your biggest fan. Oh, thank Aww. you, Lyndon. Ah, you see, I, I, you've got the T-shirts on as well. <laughs> they're our aprons. Oh, no, they're, they're, oh, I've got mine on, look. Nice. <laughs> I, I can't afford to have a, I can't afford to have a murder at bedtime, though. It's too many letters. So tell us, you have a great podcast that we love, but i got to tell you, I can't go to sleep right after I listen to your podcast. <laughs> too, too grisly. I love your voice. It's so soothing, but at the same time, it uh, the stories, like the ones that we cover, um, are a little unsettling. We, we so enjoy listening to you. We love your voice. We love your storytelling abilities. And, of course, we adore your accent. Oh, that's nice. Well, I like I like your homely feel to it all. I feel so comfortable on a Monday morning when I don't really want anything too oh, horrible. You know, I want something light and entertaining and funny and hear your, you two laugh and that. And I think, wow, Monday morning, whatever time, whenever you put your podcast out, Monday morning's for me. Oh, that's wonderful. We're so glad. We're glad to have a, a listener across in the UK. It's such an honor for us. We love it. Oh, that's good. I'm sure you've got plenty in uh, the UK. I'm always plugging you. Well, none that we've never met. Oh, I that's know. Right. Well, is this the very first Slayer in the Kitchen uh, yes. one then? Absolutely. Now, I had a little bet with um, I had a little bet with some of the guys at work on uh, yesterday and said, "How many blokes do you think you'll actually get doing this?" I think we'll get a lot. Do you? I do. I really do. <laughs> I think it's a challenge. I think it's a challenge, and I Absolutely. think that they they know. I mean, if anybody's ever listened to us, we don't take ourselves seriously. We certainly don't take anything else in life seriously. I'm not trying, we're not trying to be Martha, Martha Stewart oh, in the gosh, kitchen. No. So um, I think that's the no. beauty of it is that to see if, you know, if, if the recipe is going to live or die. Brilliant. And we've not been professionally trained. So, no. well, you're going to be a lot more professionally trained than I am. I'm a single, I'm a single man lives on my own. How many baking utensils do you think I've got? <laughs> Not Slaying <laughs> in the kitchen is to find things that you can use instead of the expensive gadgets. That's right. Absolutely. Have you got all your recipes ready? I've got it. Well, I've got the first bit all in the bowl, apart from the uh, butter. Uh, the <laughs> second bit, I've got my bits here ready to put in there, ready for the second bit. 
All right. I've, uh, I just I, I had to find out what a stick of butter was. Apparently, a stick of butter is four ounces, isn't it? <laughs> oh yes, it is. Because so, I've got no idea what a stick of butter was. <laughs> I think it, it's half. It's half a. It's half a. What I've had it in the freezer. That's so one hundred and twenty-five. That's about right, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So I cut that in half. Yeah. Break it into a few pieces. <laughs> stick it in this already already weighed out sugar, flour, and well, uh, baking powder. Sorry. You know what a cheese grater is? Do you, do you have a cheese? Grater? I have a cheese grater. Yes. Okay, so you're going to actually take that four ounces of butter and yep. grate it with a cheese grater into this, right? Okay. Have we started yet? Okay. Have we started? Yeah. You ready? Oh, this, uh, what's it thing? We've actually started. We're, We're doing it. it. We're, We're slinging it. it. We're slinging it right now, Lyndon. Hang on, what? I get me grater. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As you can imagine. I don't grate cheese very often, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, though, you didn't half give me a crime to uh, look up, didn't you? That is crazy. The happy face killer. Unbelievable. So, I know. So while you all are grating your butter, let me just go over a couple of things about Keith Jesperson for anybody that's listening that doesn't really know him. He's a serial killer that had eight victims. and. Nobody was really tracking him until he murdered his last victim, which was actually his girlfriend. And then when they brought him in for questioning, he's saying like a canary and confessed to all these other killings. And they finally put it together because when he when he was writing letters to the media, he signed it all the time with the happy face. And then that's how they kind of figured out that he was the serial killer or this killer that they were looking for. So um a few things that I will say about him as I read through, here's my, some of my impressions. <laughs> he's a big guy. He's 6'6 six, six and 240 pounds. So he's big. He's a big fella. He's a big um, unit. Yes. And he, um, some people called him Baby Huey, which I guess was a cartoon character at some point, but it, 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 was, a, it was a label they gave him because of this big size. And then um, the things that really, you know, you always hear about the horrible childhoods and everything of the serial killers, and this is what made them serial killers, and that's all fine and well, that psychology, but I think that's a lot of noise because there are a lot of people that don't have great childhoods that don't serial kill. Exactly. So, um, But I will say that I think it's kind of funny that he had low self-esteem. I personally think that he had very sloppy, happy faces. I just feel like he could have tightened it up a little bit. Because his his happy face was just sloppy. It looked like a kid drew it. So yeah. now he sells art in prison, which I think is funny because he can't even draw a good happy face. <laughs> so why? I mean, and who's buying his art for $200 and he can't even put a good happy face together? Like there was no detail. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just calling him out on the fact that he does not have a good happy face. He's the happy face killer. It should have had a little bit more detail. So, Lyndon, just out of curiosity, do the prisoners there in the UK, are they allowed to sell their art to make money? What, the prisoners? Yes. Yeah, the Craigs, the, the Craigs wins sold, a, a, well, uh, Reggie sold a lot of art. Wow. And that yeah. money goes to them personally. Yeah, it goes to them. It, well, it, it did. They're both dead now. But I presume, I mean, uh, it goes to, still goes to their estate. 
Wow. Which is owned by the, which I presume is owned by one of the wives. Right. Um, but uh, I mean, they they are a brand, the craze, you know. So, I, I mean, I, you know, but I know they they are allowed to send sell their stuff. Not like I mean, in America, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. didn't um, this guy sell T-shirts from prison with his happy face on? Yeah. yeah. He did, yeah. and he also sells his art is two hundred dollars for a piece of art. Wow! Like who's paying that? And then he also um, has a an account where you can just send him cash, and it goes right into his commissary at the prison, so he can buy his food and whatever else that he buys at prison. So um, I don't know who's doing it, but I wish they would stop. <laughs> if they want some art, I'll give them art, and then they can send the money to the victims. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of this art is rubbish, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, look, look at all that stuff that John Wayne Gacy. Yes. Did. I and mean, how creepy he did all clowns. Like, <laughs> hello, like it's so creepy. I mean, yeah, because I mean, um, there's a there's a guy on my Instagram. I don't know if he's on your Instagram. But he's on my Instagram that sends that sells all this stuff, like a, a you know. Ted Bundy's hair, a hair no, from Ted Bundy. No. Yeah, or, I, I have seen him. He sells letters and things like that too. It's so gross. And letters and, yeah. and just all sorts of memorabilia that he sells. He's a dealer of serial killer memorabilia. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So it's, yeah. And there are a couple of, um, I've listened to a couple of podcasters that write to a lot of these serial killers because there's a program that you can write to prisoners. And they write to some of these people. Like uh, I listened to one, and they actually wrote to Keith Jesperson, and um, just was asking him if there was anything he wanted to tell them or any details. And of course, the first thing he said is, "Yes, if you want to send me two hundred dollars, I'll send you some art." <laughs> but you know, just he was talking about some of the other famous prisoners and serial killers that he's friends with in prison, and it gave me chills. Yeah, yeah, it's just like that like a whole community of them. Yeah. But I can't even imagine writing to one. I'd be, I don't know. I mean, that, I don't know if I could write to a, a, serial, a serial killer. I have no desire. No, I don't think so. I don't need to know anything about them. I feel like we've known everything there is to know. As long as they're in jail. <laughs> I don't yeah. need to know anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what, the one that always really gets me is Ted Bundy. Oh, yeah. gosh, yes. Why is everybody so obsessed with this guy? I think that he's gotten more famous for his charisma and his good looks. And I, I just think it's gross. I think yeah. it's gross. And I don't, I don't like it. I don't like that, that he's promoted in the media in different movies and stuff. It's this sexy, charismatic guy. I just, he's, a, he's evil incarnate. I don't care what he looks like. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely evil. Wasn't he? Oh, are you blending your butter now? I'm now. I broke. I've, I've grated the uh, butter. I'm now mixed it with my hands. Beautiful. Oh, okay. That's wonderful. Y'all are doing exactly the same thing. Um. Anyway, about this case, I thought it was interesting that, that they weren't able to put any of the pieces together to catch him. They had no idea. Had and no he clue. was writing on bathroom walls, yes. even yeah. leaving messages and stuff. And it wasn't 
And he was very smart about it because one woman, he actually murdered, raped and killed her and tied her to the bottom of his truck. Yes. And drove oh, yes. To erase fingerprints. And her face. They, he erased her face. Yeah. Like, that's so he, he, he's one of his last victims that he did that to. He drove for 12 miles. He drove yes. for 12 miles with her strapped to the underside of the yeah. um, lorry. Can you imagine? And... Oh, and then he, he got underneath and had a look and thought, yeah, that's pretty good. I've got really Oh, uh, I think I've got it. Yeah, he probably oh. went over there and admired his work. No, he, I mean, yeah. you know, you know, we were talking about his childhood to start off with. I mean, his yeah. father was evil, wasn't he? His father was horrible. I mean, and I guess his grandfather was really mean too. So it, it seems yeah. to run in their family. They should stop having male children. <laughs> Because I feel like all the men in his lineage were very angry. Why? What? Because they had five. They had had five kids, didn't they? Les and Gladys. Uh, I like that name, Gladys. Gladys. I like. I tell you, I've just got to give this a mention. He was born in Chilliwack, and I just wanted to say that Chilliwack (laughs) in British Columbia. All day, I've wanted to say Chilliwack. That's probably the best part of the whole story is that he was born in Chilliwack. Yeah, he was born in Chilliwack. And all day I thought, I must get Chilliwack in somewhere. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I wanted to know why. I mean, I know he was a big lad. I mean, he was 14, he was six foot tall, wasn't he? Yeah. But why uh, he had five kids. Gladys and Les had five kids. Why did Les hate um, Keith so much? I don't know. And it never has come – it's never really been talked about. So I don't really know why he hated him. He was – pretty much shunned and ostracized like he it was either it was either being really mean to him or completely ignoring him there was no in between yeah so i'm not sure um i don't know and and what was gladys's problem like you know what i'm saying like if you've got a husband that's being really mean to your kid i mean a frying pan to the back of the head takes care of that (laughs) yeah I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know what the mum was doing because, I mean, he was he was terrible. I mean, I know you, you can't excuse what he got up to, yeah. but his childhood was terrible. But you would think that what he would do was then kill men and not kill women. Yeah. That's the thing that doesn't make the connection for me. So and I mean, um, that's where I say, well, I mean, I, I'm hated that he had a bad childhood, but is that just an excuse? Because then he went off and, and brutalized women. Although they did say early on in his childhood, he did try to drown a boy at the pool. <laughs> Sorry, that's not funny. It's not funny. It really is not. But um, but, but he, he was, was a sick individual, and it just is a shame that it never popped up on anybody's radar that uh, we got a mental we issue going. And the other thing is, is he was not very, I don't think that he was very successful because if you're a serial killer and you got to start writing to the paper to get attention and writing stuff on the bathroom walls, you're not a very good serial killer. No. Like, I don't think think, he's very successful. I think he was, I think he was a bit miffed, wasn't he, after his first murder? The two people actually, what in the world, that talk about a plan that went really wrong for that lady. I know, I I mean, poor Laverne, she's just trying to get out of a really abusive relationship and thinks she's going to sell her boyfriend down the river and she gets put on the river too. I think think there's better ways of doing it. I mean, you know, when you gave me, you first gave me the case, I went straight up and watched the documentary. 
Okay. And it said the happy face killer. For the first half hour, I thought I'd got the wrong person because it was all about this woman. <laughs> and uh, it told you this woman's been murdered and this woman's and said that her boyfriend did it. And then yeah. she said she was she went to the uh, she went to the site when he called so that she could help him get rid of her. Then she said she actually helped him murder her. Yes, she said I actually helped him murder her and helped get rid of the body. So they said, okay, well then you're going to jail too. And she was like, uh, 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 that's not my plan. Didn't you think that it was a honestly? I, I couldn't get my head around it because first of all, how did she know? where the body had been found. She took the police to where the body had been found. Because there was actually media coverage about a body being found, and she read about it, and she figured it out. She was a true crime documentary freak like the rest of us, except we use ours for good, not for evil. All right, Lyndon, we're moving on to our wet ingredients. Okay, I've put my egg in. Now it's the cream, isn't it? Half a cup of cream, yeah? You do the cream, the vanilla... And an egg. Yeah. Whisk those together. Did you put them in a separate bowl? Yeah. And I've got a whisk of that, haven't I? Well, if you don't have a whisk, use a fork. Brilliant. Well, the other thing, the other thing that confused me about Laverne. Oh yeah, what Parviac? Is it Paripaviac? I think so. I just wrote her name down as Laverne because I really like that name too, Laverne. <laughs> you know when? She, so you know when she cut the random button part out of the jeans yeah and gave it to the police the police had the original jeans so i mean uh, how on earth did they uh, it, it didn't make sense to me because it you know you could see right from the start in my eyes they didn't do it i know well it's obvious to us i don't know what the police were doing they weren't paying attention no as a matter of fact they weren't paying attention to the point that Keith had to keep writing to the newspaper to say, hey, dudes, I killed another boy. <laughs> well, uh, he must have been well, thinking, who is in charge of the police? He was, he was a very complicated man because he was very upset that he wasn't getting the credit for the murders, but he didn't want to get caught either. I know, but here's the crazy thing. When you read some of his notes, he was a very good writer, and I think he missed his calling. He could have written true crime novels, and it would have been like one of the last notes that he wrote at the end. He said, look over your shoulder. I'm closer than you think, which is so oh. chilling. And I thought, oh, my God, you should have been a, you should have been oh, a crime novelist. And, yeah. and he wouldn't have to be selling art for $200 in a prison. And he wouldn't have had to kill people. He could have just he could have written, written about killing people. Absolutely. It, as long as he didn't draw a happy face in his book, because I got to tell you, the guy is really sloppy when it comes to a happy face. <laughs> but it looks like a second grader did it. Maybe his kids did it. I don't know. That's the other things. I feel horrible for his children because they really, I mean, it, they were raised by a whole different man than, than this monster. Well, but not really, because his daughter did several interviews and she actually went back and retraced some of the steps and met with some of the victim's relatives. And some of the stories she told, for instance, the first time she saw her dad's menacing behavior, they had a cup, they had some kittens that turned up on their property. Yes. And um, she, he told her a story of when he was young, his father said he used to drown kittens in a bag in the pond, in the lake. Oh, God. River. And... His daughter said, you know, it, it was very unsettling for him to say this. And 
he started hanging the kittens up on the clothesline and beating them to death by their tails and their back. And she ran in to get her mom. And when she came out, all the kittens were dead. Yeah. So oh, there how were traumatizing. Things. And then he would That's talk terrible. about having sexual relations with his with their mother to them in explicit detail. So there were there was a very warped part of him. Yes. That the children did see. She did see it, but I think at the time it was her normal. It was her but, normal. And she saw him as a loving dad. Yeah, and she was horrified when she realized the truck that she would get into to go on rides with him was the same truck where he was murdering these women. And dragging their bodies. Exactly. And I think about the first victim that he started with, this Tanya Bennett. Yes. So I was listening to, uh, I don't know, I was listening, but they were talking about how her her family described her as a little bit slow, intellectually slow. Mm-hmm. And I think she was a really easy victim. And I think he truly hunted her on a very personal level because he was at the same bar. He knew she was drinking. He knew she was inebriated and he just continued to watch her. But then when he got her home and after he coaxed her into having sex and then afterwards he started insulting her. Right. Like so mean. That is really rude. I mean, he started like calling her ugly names and making fun of the way she looked. Like, who does that? That's so mean. That's so mean. That's a mean yeah. person. He was. He, he very, very mean. I mean, he just got infuriated. I mean, yeah, and he would know, go into these this rage. And so I think that for him, that that taunting to me is such a whole nother psychological level for me. That he, and I feel like he was working himself up so she would fight with him and he could get enraged enough to kill her because he said, I wanted to know what it felt like to kill somebody. So, and that's kind of, you know, how that was his plan for her from the moment he saw her in that bar, which I think is so sad. But it just, to me, it, there's this whole nother level of psychological stalking and evilness to him that he could go and intimately be in her presence. It's not like she's walking through a parking lot and it's a crime of opportunity and I'm going to stalk her and follow her home. He's having conversations with this person at the bar knowing full well the whole time what his plan was. Yeah. So I just, I feel like that's really creepy and I feel really badly that she picked the wrong guy to go home with. When he walked into the bar, she gave him a big hug. But apparently the barmaid said to him, she does that to everybody. So he went, he actually went home, I think, and he couldn't get her out of his mind. So he wanted to make her into his sex slave. He actually wanted to keep her. He went back hoping to catch her, but she was just coming out. And he Mm -hmm. took her home under the, he said he was going to buy her a meal and everything. Uh, Which I think is even worse when you offer somebody dinner and then you never buy them dinner, but instead you kill them. I think that is yeah. a, whole level of, very rude. a whole level of rudeness. She's thinking she's getting steak and a baked potato and she gets uh, killed. But, yeah. It's a horrible ending. It was very clever. I mean, he actually went out to the, uh, he actually went to the garage and had new um, lights put in his brakes and filled up with gas because he knew he was going to go and put a body from his house in a in his trunk. It's the boot here. It's the trunk, isn't it? Yes. And he didn't want to get stopped by the police. So he knew he knew exactly what he was doing. He was so methodical and yet could not. I still can't get over how he's so detail-oriented and cannot connect the circle on a happy face. <laughs> Where are we with the scone at the minute? So you should have a nice mixture that you're going to turn out onto a little flowered surface. My, this is what my dough looks like now. 
I'm all right. I'm, I didn't get any blueberries, so I'm in the game. So yeah. I've got my ball. Is that what it's supposed to look like? Yes. Look, Ian. This is a ball. Oh, yeah. Perfect. That's beautiful. That's the ball. Right. So you're going to wrap that ball in plastic wrap or parchment or whatever you have. Yeah. And then we've got to put it in the refrigerator or freezer for 20 minutes. Right. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm going to have a piece of parchment. Okay. Grab that. Okay. Oh, bring the circle back out. Sorry, Lyndon. Bring, bring your dough back out. Okay. Right. Peace out again. Okay. You're actually going to take, pat it down a little bit so it's in a circle. Okay. And then you're going to take a sharp knife. And if it's sticky, put a little flour on your hands if it gets to be too sticky because the flour won't hurt it. Is it staying in the plastic or not? No. Take it take it out of the plastic. Yes. Okay. All right. right now Do I slice it now? Now you're going to slice it into eight wedges. So it looks like a pizza. Yeah. Okay, I've done that. All right. Will it fit in your freezer just like that flat, uncovered? Uncovered in the freezer? Yeah, I'll do that. All right. So um, I thought it was, and while you're doing that, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the lady that survived his attack in April of 1990, which I think she was just the second victim. She, so Tanya Bennett was in January, and this lady is in April. And so... Oh, the second victim? Yeah. Okay. She said the survivor. She is a survivor. There's, I thought there was only one survivor. Well, this oh, yeah. is the survivor. This, this is the lady at Shasta, isn't it? She's the lady that um was at the liquor store in the parking lot with the baby. Yeah, that's her name. The baby. Okay. That's the one that had the baby with her. Yeah, yeah. D A U N, I think it was. She. It seems like the baby saved her life. Yeah, because the baby would stop crying, and the fact she's got a very strong neck, and he couldn't break it. <laughs> Well, it said he was going. He was just about to kill her in a headlock. Break, he said he wanted baby, to break her neck, but he couldn't get it. The baby speak. suddenly cried, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that's crying. what made him snap out of it because he he didn't. I mean, <laughs> funnily enough, he didn't want to hurt children. He didn't want to hurt the baby, and that's how no. she survived. But the crazy thing is, she called the police, and they believed him and not her with the whole story. He said that she was intoxicated and offered to give him sexual favors in the car and the reason that her neck was hurting wasn't because he was squeezing it it's because of the angle in the car was awkward and that obviously she was drunk and he let they let him go yeah and they didn't believe her when she when she told them what happened which is crazy so she survived and at that point it was pretty early on they could have saved a lot of lives had they believed her yeah, and i thought that was yeah. really they could have stopped the serial killer right there again not the cops are not paying attention. I couldn't understand that. It was uh, really, really bad. That just the police just really sort of took his word for it and let him go. Yeah, and then he just went on his way so that he could keep killing. Yeah, and that's exactly what he did, wasn't it? Well, yeah, and then he killed, and then he wrote a letter, and then he killed, and then he wrote a letter because nobody's paying attention to it. Well, yeah, the, the thing that continued to throw the police off though was that somebody confessed to the first murder. They're still like, I don't know what's going on, but you're you're just not the guy. Well, the first time he wrote the letter and said that the two people took the fall for him, the police thought it was the guy's friends writing it to get him out of jail. Right. So the guy, John, that was in there that got framed for So that's when they didn't, they didn't believe it. But then he continued to write even after killing more people. He would kill again. He usually would kill one or two people. And when they didn't, weren't making the connection, he would write another letter to the newspaper to say, hey, guys, I killed again. And yes. those people are still in there for my crimes. 
and they still they still weren't making the connection. So I thought that was pretty crazy. Are like, we making the glaze? Yeah, we can make the glaze. Okay. Also, there was another one of his victims that they thought was a drug overdose. And that's why he had to, again, write another letter because they thought that victim was an overdose. And he, he wanted them to know that he killed her. So, again, he's doing a whole lot of work to get credit for the, the killings but didn't want to get caught for them. <laughs> he couldn't make up his mind whether he wanted to be caught or not, could he? I think he wanted all the credit but didn't want to have to do the time. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he's like one of the, he's like a middle child who's just looking for attention because yeah. they feel very forgotten and neglected. And I can speak on that because I'm a middle child. All right, what are y'all doing? What's your what's your glaze looking like? I'm just mixing up my glaze. This glaze is probably going to look better than mine. Our vanilla is very dark, so it turned my glaze brown. Oh, gosh. But that's okay. Oh, yeah. So was the the next murder a lady called Claudia? Um, He did. um, There was a lady named Claudia, but she, she actually came out back as a Jane Doe. They didn't know her name until they talked to him and he confessed and said that her name was Claudia. He referred to her, if I'm not mistaken, as a street person. Yeah. I don't know what that, I don't know if that meant she was sex worker a sex or worker or if it was just somebody he met on the street and decided she's a street person. Right. Yeah. The lady, Cynthia Rose, she's the one that was labeled the overdose. And then that's why he had to send another happy face note saying, no, she's not an overdose, you dumbasses. She's actually my murder victim. <laughs> <laughs> and then his last victim, Julianne, was his girlfriend. And he Oh, that's right. Yeah, he beat her to death. And the, only, and the way that they connected her was that her friends and family said, this is the guy she was dating and we think he did it. And that's kind of how the beginning of the end started for him. He was on their radar from the beginning, but they never had any evidence to connect him with crime. Yeah. But this time they did. They, they had, had a good confession. They a had a very solid. slow radar. <laughs> their radar was a little glitchy because he was on the radar, but not enough to go get him. Yeah. He says he tried to commit suicide twice, but he's just not very good at things. No. Yeah, no, he's not. But no. I mean, those two, you know, the two people that uh, admitted to the first murder, they were still in prison, weren't they? Yes, they were still in and prison. It, and it wasn't until he told them where to find Tonya's handbag under the blackberry bush that was the only thing they had not found yet yeah that's when the other two got released i'll never i mean that woman i'll I'll never get my head around her (laughs) my only question is did laverne and john get back together when they got out of prison (laughs) i would think john would not really want to i would hope that laverne stayed as far away from him as possible yeah yeah he might have been a little mad he might have Laverne's, yeah. Laverne's yeah. actually Laverne's dead now, isn't she? straightened him out. Yeah, right? Laverne going to prison made him a nicer person. <laughs> like, I've never beat another yeah. woman ever. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's got to be the ultimate, you know, I want to get rid of you, I'm going to get you done for a murder. <laughs> you know, I couldn't get over the way that she went from doing an anonymous phone call to saying that she helped him do the murder. I know, like, well, I think that she just kept adding all these details because she didn't think they were believing her. So she was like, fine, I helped him do it. I saw him do it. They're like, okay, now we believe you. Okay, okay. <laughs> if you're going to insist, we'll, we'll convict you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
Yeah. yeah. And she was, the details that she was giving them was all stuff she had read in the newspaper. Yeah. Wow. So it's not like she was giving them any details that they didn't already know. Uh, another thing that uh, disturbed me when I was reading about him was his game of death. That was where he strangled every girl about four times until they uh, passed out and then slapped, uh, slapped him around the face till they came to again. Then he'd rape them. Then he'd strangle them again till they passed out. I mean, that must have been. Can you imagine how terrifying that was? That's, uh, that is, and that's just tormenting. Again, that is a whole other level of psychotic to me. This element of tormenting, almost like playing with them, like they're his, they're his toy, like, right. a kitten, like a cat and a mouse. Just torture. It's just horrible. What a Absolutely. nightmare. Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, I found, I found that bit really disturbing, you know, that uh, the poor woman... I think he did that in most of his cases, at least, you know, four. He just kept strangling them and then bringing them back so that he could do, you know, really awful things to them. And then uh, he really was terrible. I mean, and he was huge. Yes, he was a a big man. So that, to me, was menacing enough. Yeah. Yeah. And then to have this horrible, evil intent, and then he's just playing with these women like they're nothing and tormenting them. I mean, it just, to me, it sounds like a horror movie. And he had daughters at home. Yeah, and he had daughters at home that he loved. Yeah. And was very proud of his daughters. So I don't understand why he couldn't make the connection that, you know, what, how would I feel if somebody did this to my daughter? There's just no empathy. But I guess that's part of the serial killer in him is there's no empathy. Yeah. No. He's definitely broken. He's still broken that supposedly in prison, he still brags about the killing. He loves to talk about it and give all the details. And still, he's confessed to over 160 murders. Yeah. (laughs) And I think he's just one of these people who's a one-upper. He one-ups everybody. If somebody's in there and they go, yeah, I killed somebody too. And he's like, yeah, well, I killed 160. So I think he's always just bragging. He's a bragger. I I I think he's just a narcissist for that, don't you? Me too. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely you know, think he is a, a narcissist. That's the whole thing with this art. I don't think it's about the money. I think it's that's the narcissist in him that yeah. he wants people. He wants people to admire something of his. So yeah. and, you know, he's gross. Oh yes. I mean, he, he probably could have got away with it a lot longer if he hadn't killed his girlfriend in the end. Yeah, that well, they said that was his that was his downfall was killing somebody that he knew and that knew him and that other people knew that he knew her. Yeah, it's all about who you know and don't I guess know. So. It comes down to who you know and you don't know when you kill somebody. Don't kill somebody that knows you know somebody. I mean, imagine just how his ex wife feels. I know. Yep. Can you imagine? She's like, I she, dodged a bullet, or I don't know. Why didn't you kill me? Like, I'm not good enough. I know. Yeah. Your MO. Really weird. He didn't kill his wife. I think it was called she was called Rose, wasn't she? She didn't he didn't kill his girlfriend that he was having an affair with because right. she liked rough, rough sex. I think her name was Martha. Oh yeah. right. She liked Martha. the rough sex. She liked the rough sex. She liked rough sex. So he, he was quite happy with her and you know, until he got bored. Yeah. But I think he was very clever enough to know not to kill people that he could be um, you know, track back to. But I think so when too. he got to the last girlfriend, I think his urges were just too strong. I think so. I think he just had no more control. No. I really don't. And I honestly think that he was so tired of writing letters and drawing them stupid ass happy faces 
that looked stupid and he knew they looked stupid. And I thought, I think he thought, I'm just going to kill somebody I know. He's like, I'm exhausted. Yeah. He was tired. Was tiring. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, flip me neck, it would tire me out doing all that. You yeah. know, and I mean, then having yeah. to write letters on top of that. Like you're killing yeah. and you're killing and then you're having to write a letter. That's a lot. That's, That's a, a lot. lot of work. Yeah. He should have hired a secretary. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've got to do all that raping. I've got to do all that killing. And I've got to do all that writing letters. And I've got to drive a truck as well. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm going to try to make a living. Try to make a living so I can throw some money my kids' way. And at the same time, i got to put a lady under my truck and erase her face. But that's take. I mean, that's just, that's a lot. Yeah. He's exhausted. No, I bet he was. I mean, when they caught him, they nearly let him go again, didn't they? Yeah. They, they, uh, they, they, they got the people who, who uh, owned his lorry company yes. to tell him to do a pickup. From a from an old fair, fairground or something. Yes. And when he got there, all these police were there. They arrested him, took him away, and he, they let him out again. Yeah. If he That's hadn't admitted to it a few days later, he'd have been let go again. I don't know. The police were asleep. They yeah. were they were the asleep police. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he Sometimes. should have said in his letters, "Wake up, police! Wake up!" Uh, I mean, they weren't paying attention. Honestly, I mean, where were these people? I mean, I think um, the very last one, which was his girlfriend's, uh, which was his ex-girlfriend, yeah. I think he dumped her in the same ravine as his first one, Tanya, Tanya. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think he, he dumped her in the same ravine. I mean, he's doing everything but waving a flag and a neon sign saying, it's me. <laughs> yeah, if he was wearing a T-shirt with a big smiley face on, <laughs> I am the smiley face killer. Maybe he should have painted that. Go. That would have been brilliant. Or he could have painted a big, huge smiley face on the back of his truck that he drove oh, yeah. and said, follow me to the happy face killer. Yeah. Then maybe they would have paid attention. Absolutely. Yeah. Those t-shirts. Like, smiley face. No, he's the happy he's face. He's back because there's a whole nother. There's a whole other case called the smiley face killings. It's very confusing. But they are yeah. not, they're unsolved. Right. So we there's, a smiley, there's a smiley face killer and the happy face killer, isn't there? It yeah. is very confusing. And you know that probably gets on his nerves. Yeah. Because, honestly, now they're taking away, they're taking his idea. Yes. And they they have not been caught yet. Yeah, so we're Do not allowed some, to talk about them. Because I saw our mama won't let us talk about them. Do you know something else that confused me, which you might find a bit confusing as well? Do you know when he, when he, he, got, um, he got arrested, right, and him and Martha had been driving the truck together. And he got arrested, so Martha had to drive the truck home. When he got arrested, he had to catch a bus. And he stopped at a restroom and he went inside and he drew this thing about the happy face killer on the inside of the toilet uh, yes. wall, right? And they made a big thing about that. Now, I've been in a lot of uh, public toilets in the UK. And if I'd read that, I wouldn't have batted an eyelid because there's so much written on them blooming uh, walls and doors of these cubicles. I would, I'd have just thought, oh, there's some idiot thinking he's the happy killer or something like that. I wouldn't have, given, I wouldn't have reported it, wouldn't have given it a thought. I wouldn't have either. And usually there's so much graffiti. I, I would have been so busy reading all of it that I would just like glossed right through that. And somebody would have written John 316 right next to it. Oh, yeah. You know they would have because they wouldn't have exactly. yeah. all that from all. I thought they made in the in the documentaries and that, I thought they made a lot of that because the letters I could understand. Yeah. If you've got a letter with a smiley face on it, I could understand that. But the back of a toilet door, which is you, they're usually covered in graffiti. Right. I agree. So he actually did that twice. 
The first yeah. time was at the Greyhound bus station, and then the second time was at a truck stop. Right. But both places, I mean, it's not like he went into a nice restaurant and did it or a hotel where you don't see that kind of stuff. I mean, that's my thing is that he left it where everybody else writes their crap. Yeah. Like, for yeah. a good time, Paul and I'm the happy face killer. I mean, would you have picked that out? I mean, would no, you have picked I that out? And if you did, would you have even thought, oh, there's some idiot who just sat here and doodled on the blooming Anybody could do that, couldn't they? I know, you know, what I would have done, though, probably was drawn, I would have tightened up that happy face a little bit and given it a little bit more detail, like a handlebar mustache, <laughs> maybe some eyelashes and a top hat. And then yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I and mean, what I did he couldn't... use? I mean, do you, what did he use? Did he... A Sharpie? I hope he, I hope he had a pen with him. Truck drivers keep a sharpie to mark things on their reports. Okay, and you know the bathroom with you. I mean, I don't know what he has in his pockets, but I got a lot of stuff in my purse. I probably could come up with a sharpie. I, well, I yeah. can write it in lipstick. That's or lipstick sharpie. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I never have a pen ever. No, you don't. You <laughs> That's true. I come up to her house all the time and say, "You got a pen?" And we have a whole <laughs> box of pens. We have a whole box of pens with our logo on it in my apartment, but. I never show up with a pen. <laughs> no. Did, no. Did they ever ask him? Did they ever ask him whether he actually wrote on the back of the doors? I don't think so, but I have a feeling he volunteered it. Well, how oh, else right. would they have known? Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm sure because he told them everything. I mean, at one point, his attorney told him to stop talking. <laughs> well, uh, oh, so he read, yeah. Once really he really kind of had diarrhea of the mouth. Once he started, he couldn't stop. Again, no control. No self-control whatsoever. I guess he probably told them. That was me that wrote that. Yeah, I catch up people. Well, he should have written it on the side of his truck. Right. Where you wouldn't expect to see it. Somewhere. Or billboard, maybe a billboard. Yeah, take out a billboard. Yeah. Yeah. Or like like you said, wear the t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. We really could have done a lot of different he was not creative. No, he killed one of the one of the women. Didn't even have a name. She was just the girl, the blonde girl in the red sweater, wasn't it? Didn't have. She's, a name. I think she climbed into out. his. Is that oh, yeah. out the freezer? Yeah. I'll tell you what. These are going to be great. Are we going in the oven now? Well, we've got to take the scones apart, and they need to be individual. Oh, I've done that. <laughs> I never thought you know, I just took them apart and put space around the thing. That was smart. Perfect. She didn't do it. So she's working on getting hers apart. But yeah, they're gonna go in the oven now. Right, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait to uh we're in we're in unison. <laughs> oh, that's true. So your oven is preheated. Yep. You're awesome. Well, I thought, you know, I I thought, well, you know, I didn't want you sort of like catching me with my trousers down, you know what I mean? <laughs> Wait until these come out so good and you take them into work on Monday yeah, and tell absolutely. all the people I did this. They're all promised. They know what I'm doing. They're all promised for Monday. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> I told them, I've told everybody. I'm, oh, I said, I'm filming with them lovely ladies on Saturday. I can't wait. <laughs> take your finger and draw a happy face on those, on every one of oh, the drizzle. On the drizzle. Oh, yes. my good idea. My good idea. <laughs> and then there'll be the happy face scones. Happy <laughs> face. You know what? Because we don't make uh, scones like this in this country. They're round. They're small round things in this country. I had no uh, idea. Well, how come ours are – who came up with triangles? I don't know. Because, in the, I mean, I was happy because I looked online. American scones are triangular. So there you go. But in this country, they're 
They're made the same, but they have raisins in. And you slice them in half and you put jam and cream in them. Yum. That sounds wonderful. They are nice. That's awesome. We've never been over to the UK, but we sure oh. hope we get over there. You're missing. Oh, it's a treat here. And we yeah, would love come to in. come. It's on our bucket list. I live in Aylesbury, which is a which is in Buckinghamshire, which is about 40 miles from London. It, it's it's less than an hour on the train, you know. So where are you? I'm ready. I'm ready to put it in the oven. You ready? I'm ready. I tell you, I've never, I haven't had so much excitement on a Saturday afternoon in years. <laughs> no, this has been great. We might have to do this um, every Saturday and just be just have a personal meeting. We'll just have a, a cooking date every Saturday. Yeah, I'm looking for. I tell you what, if you're going to be doing these as a regular basis, I'm going to be looking forward to watching to listening to that. Oh yeah, yeah, well, it should be really interesting. Somebody, some of them we. We're coming up against. They really do not cook. <laughs> yeah, we we've asked like the next one that we have scheduled, and I won't tell you who it is yet. But I will say okay. that he he eats a lot of outdoor food. outdoor food by the campfire. <laughs> Does he eat a lot of meat? He eats like hot dogs over the campfire. Oh, I, I tell you, he sounds like my sort of guy. <laughs> yeah. we'll see. And we, he said, I, I'll try. I'll try cooking anything. We're excited. Yeah, well, you're so, I mean, is it, I mean, like, we don't really, we're very lucky if we get a couple of days barbecue weather a year. Oh, so, gosh. you know, sort of like you have to try, try get the barbecue out quick before it rains. But uh, where where are you? So we live in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm jealous of the weather because, I mean, like, we're into the, what we're in now, mid-May, and we just have rain and wind for the past two weeks, and it's just. What are the temperatures? Yeah, what is it cold? Yeah, it's uh, what is it at the moment? Well, it's not cold, but it's not what the temperature should be for May. Oh, cold rain, cold mornings. Oh, oh. gosh. Well, now you can yeah. get up every Saturday and make scones. Yeah, I've got. I've got. I, I tell you what, the, the the scones have been snapped up already. Oh, people have they're... already told me they want them. Yeah, so I said, well, you know, when I'm. I said, if they're edible, I'll bring them in on Monday. Oh, you got to, they're going to be edible and you got to take them in. You definitely. Oh, yeah. They're going to be I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. And we, we might have awakened a whole new beast in you. You might turn out to be a cook now. Who knows? Who I knows? know. The next time I go to Tesco, or maybe I'll be buying some, you know, cake tins and yeah. baking things and that. Thinking, well, that's yeah. Parchment paper. I mean, you know you're a baker. Oh, parchment paper. Parchment paper. Yeah, parchment paper. So I'm, we're going to be changing it. It's going to be um, bedtime stories and scones with Linda. I've been looking for a new uh, angle, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but I decided the other week that I'm never going to change uh, bedtime with Linda. It's always going to yeah. stay the same. Uh, you know, where I'm going to have, you know, because I don't do the waffle because it is a bedtime story. You know, yeah. it's just so that you can listen to it uninterrupted for 15 minutes and fall off to sleep, you know. But I've always wanted to waffle with people like we are now. You know, yes. and so I said uh, I'm going to bring out another one that I bring out now and again. You know, where I interview people and uh, talk about their favourite murder yes. <laughs> or their, their favourite horror story or something like that. Just interview people, you know, just ordinary people. Yeah, and uh, you know, for, be nice for a change because, uh, as I say, murder at bedtime is very popular, and it's yes. popular because of what it is. Absolutely, you can't change you know, it. I can't change it. No, but you could start waffling with Lyndon, and then you could cook waffles while you're waffling with the people. <laughs> exactly. 
Somebody gave me a shout out the other day. Uh, I think it was we're all something called we're all gonna die or something they were called. Yeah. <laughs> and they 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 were laughing their heads out through the shout out because they just thought didn't know what waffle was. <laughs> they thought they just like they just said we like waffles. You know we love waffles. <laughs> That's it's, what is a waffle? In, in, oh, it's when he's like banter. Oh, it's banter. That's right. In, in the UK, if you, you do, if you carry on chatting too much, you're waffling on. <laughs> so waffle. stop the waffle. <laughs> what, do you know what, guy? You know how you know how uh, it's very limited what I put on the beginning of my story, isn't it? Yes. A guy had a go at me the other day and said that's too much waffle. Another guy sent me a message saying I've never heard such a boring voice in all my life. <laughs> oh my gosh, if people send us messages like that, we'd be torn apart. I know. I would have to go to therapy if somebody was mean to us like that. I honestly I laugh. I, I told everybody that if everybody wants to give me a really, really bad review, I'll read them out. I I'll read them out in the waffle bit. And as a matter of fact, when people email us, unfortunately for them, we consider them our best friends. We do. <laughs> I do. I think, I mean, you know, I think anybody who sends me a, a message and wants to, I love it. In fact, I think in the end, if they message me first, they think, God, I wish I hadn't messaged that bloke. Yeah. He shut up. I know. I think that they probably, for us, we start stalking them because <laughs> we get on a shout-out. We talk about it incessantly, and I think they think, oh, God, they're stalkers. Oh, oh brilliant. We're inviting you to Thanksgiving. You're part uh, of the family. Oh, now. you know if I could make it, I'd be there. I know, I know. Yeah, well, you, you know, if you, the, if you live around the corner, you'd have to give me one of them cups and I'd be around for a cup of tea every day. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we like uh, to put a little bourbon in our tea. Oh, <laughs> now you're talking. Yeah. I was going to try out my British accent, oh, David. She no. threatened to kill me if I say anything. She she was trying to be British and she sounded like she was from India. And I now, said, you to offend him. No, you would never offend me. Well, are you going to do an English accent that sounds like the Queen, or are you going to do an English accent that's like a dialect, like Geordie or Scouse, or or are you just going to ask you for a spot of tea? We just want to know if you want a spot of tea, Governor. Oh, Cockney! You're going to do Cockney. That is better than Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins, which is the worst, yes. the worst Cockney accent ever. <laughs> we still laugh about that, you know, Mary Poppins, Dick Van Dyke. Oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So how's it smelling in your kitchen? Oh, it smells gorgeous. It smells good. It it smells, too. You can check yours good. and see if they are done. Ooh, they're done all right. Oh, they're done. Oh, look at them. Oh, look at them. They are put them there. They are out. Oh, oh, I'm pleased with them. Work on Monday. You might have to have them round tomorrow. I know. They <laughs> look good. All right. So now, now you put your blaze on. Right. I'm going to do it now. There it is. I did burn my finger. Though. We were wondering what happened. Anne is drawing um, happy faces with the glaze. <laughs> I tell you what, this is going on a treat. Oh, yeah. I'm nearly finished. Okay. Just putting plenty on. Of course, you don't want to waste it, do you? No. Oh, look at that. Oh, they look, oh, they look really good. Proud of those. Everybody will be asking you to make these all the time now. 
I think they will. They look uh, absolutely delicious. I'm uh, I'm very, very proud of those. They are looking great. So I got to tell you, you're really slated in the kitchen you today. You did. That's yeah. right. I, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm so honoured to be the first played in the kitchen guest. I'm over the moon. Oh, well, we're over the moon that you actually accept our invitation. So we so oh. thank you. Yeah. So your so, podcast yeah. is called Murder at Bedtime with Lyndon. Are you on Apple, Spotify? Are you on I'm on everything. I'm on, ev- and I'm on everything on YouTube. YouTube too. Okay, good. And then have, you ever, watch, have you ever watched me on YouTube? No, but I'm going to now. I didn't know that you were on there. You get my, you get my whole... Not only do you get the dulcet tones, you get the whole handsome face as well. All right. Well, I'm telling you what now, I'm going to be putting you on my TV. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You can't, but I've got a 52-inch TV and I watch YouTube on that. I love it. You're going to put you right on the telly, Governor. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You should should start doing these, YouTube. Well, we might. We're a little camera shy, but we're getting there. No way. Couple of beautiful women like you. Get oh, out of here. Oh, are, so right? are you ready to taste oh, your stuff? I'll tell you what, if you weren't if you weren't married and you lived in and you lived in England, I'd be round your house now. Oh, that's <laughs> so sweet. Well, just know that the invitation to Thanksgiving is always open. Thank you very much. You never know. One year I might surprise you. I that's know. Right. You're right. Yeah, we can do we can do the same thing again live from your kitchen. You're exactly right. We'll have a whole new a whole new show. We'll end up on the cooking channel. Oh, I bet you will. I bet you'll have moved on to something else. You'll be, be much more. You'll be even more excited. Well, you know what? We'll call it as two girls and a bloke. <laughs> <laughs> two. How about two yank ladies and a limey? That'd be good. <laughs> Oh, all right, we're going to taste Anne's scone. Will you taste yours as well? I will. Let's make sure they're not too hot. Oh. Oh, yeah. Is that good? That is good. Mm, delicious. <laughs> I tell you what, look at us, a partnership right across the water. Beautiful. All right, well, make sure you take a picture and send us a picture of your scones. I'm going to send you a picture of my scones. We'll do this again very soon. Yeah, anytime. Thank you. Well, we are so honored to have you in our kitchen. And please stay sweet and don't murder. Because if you kill people, we will talk about you. That's right. All right. Bye. Bye. See you, ladies. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.